0: You know, we've talked a lot about this in between media this season. There's going to be curveballs coming your way. Hate's a strong word. I dislike Kirk Cousins more. Than probably any other quarterback. Because I get a little bit of
1: that rookie items, you know? I would have said, I would love to move what your Even up.
2: though I straight, I'm still stuck between an interpretation, what it all means. Can I make a difference or something different? My mind imprisoned, then I saw the vision. Played the field, it's no competition. Found success through the repetition. If it's impossible, stick to the mission. I'm just cruising through on my way to get it. I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. I found myself somewhere in between, yeah, I found myself somewhere in between, the In Between the Inbetween Fantasy Football Podcast. The so one thing that you know really sets us apart here is, is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related. Do what
0: you can
2: to become a better person, to become a better human. All right, all right, all right, or should I say gobble, gobble, gobble. Welcome in, <laughs> everyone. It's the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Tuesday, November 23rd. Today is our Thanksgiving episode. I'm Seth Woolcock. Happy to be here with you. I also got locked and loaded with me, as always, our guys Nate Pulvote and Scott Rainier. Guys, Thanksgiving is almost among us. Waiver wires are almost among us tonight. How are we hanging in there as week 12 is here and family might be here as well.
0: Week 12, or Thanksgiving week's always so much fun for me, at least the three games on, on Thursday. I mean, you know, it, it creates a little bit of issue, you know, with setting your lineups and that sort of thing with injuries and all that, if you've got more early games, but it's just such a fun thing to have on that day. Cause for us, it's always been, you know, we always watch them. You know what I mean? And like a lot of my family doesn't really watch football normally. But on Thanksgiving, we all we have the games on. So I'm I'm super looking forward
1: to it. Yeah, man. Thanksgiving, we actually did our family Thanksgiving on Saturday. Oh, smart. Yeah. Well, Jen's parents drove to California to hang out with her sister for okay. Thanksgiving. So we're going to our friends' Matt and Cabin tomorrow and spending the end of the week with them. So this will be it'll be fun. It's a little two-bedroom. We get the loft. It's gonna be oh. different. It's gonna be awesome. Um and our kids are the same age. So they get to chase each other around. But yeah, in football, lots of football. Shout out Sean and Deanna for being in our fantasy leagues with us. They're awesome. Yeah,
2: a little mounts giving for Nate. Scott's going to be with the family. I'll be out east kicking it with my family and the girlfriend's family as well. Guys, I'm thankful for you guys being here as always. I'm thankful for our audience out there. Um, I really do think that in between media, we have the best audience, whether it's with our written work, or our streams and podcasts. So thank you guys for being here tonight. We have an absolutely loaded show. We have a brand new segment for you front and center. We also are going to do our annual comparing Thanksgiving dishes to fantasy football players. Um, that's always fun. We got some short sure things, sleepers of the week. and We'll round it out with just some subtle discussion of, about things that we love about Thanksgiving that don't really get talked about enough. Guys, I would like to jump right into it, but before that, I would like to remind everyone that with the holiday season comes our Between the Holiday campaign. I love the Between the Holiday campaign. Guys, we bring a a ton of fantasy sports influencers together. We celebrate the holiday with a tips column, trying to get you through the end of the fantasy sports season, also trying to get us uh, through the holiday season so we'll have a tips column coming out on saturday evening you can read what nate scott what we all kind of think about the holidays what all your favorite fantasy analysts think about the holidays um, and fantasy sports moving forward and here on december 17th we'll also be having our famous in between media holiday (laughs) live (laughs) party things got a little rowdy rowdy last year wouldn't you say boys just a little just Um, a little just a little
0: it's possible for my next episode of pulp fantasy coming out this week i may have gone back and gotten a few little clips from the oh. holiday episode. Oh, so, I actually, so i actually um i rewatched some of it you know just to find it and it yeah. was, brought back some really fun crazy memories i'll tell you
1: that was your first live stream wasn't it scott
0: yes yes i thought at the start of that holiday episode was my first thing i ever did for ibt first live stream yeah, and I got thrown to the wolves with Shane and Mike and Linda, Cooter, Doodle.
2: Ah, good times. Yeah,
0: that was a blast.
2: It'll be good
1: times this year. I'm looking forward to it. We have a really good lineup of people.
2: Yeah, absolutely, guys. We're going to get you through the holidays, but right now, we're going to get you through Thanksgiving and the week 12 of the NFL season. Guys, our newest segment, Front and Center, is presented by our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight. And if you haven't been playing Monkey Knife Fight so far this season, what are you doing? This is DFS for the common man. Me, you, Scott, Nate, all our friends who, you know, we like DFS, but we're not experts. This is what Monkey Knife Fight is for you. If you guys want to try it, you don't even just have to try NFL games. They have NBA, NHL, NASCAR golf, UFC, a lot of these sports that we have here at InBetween Media. We're giving you weekly advice on this, especially during our our live stream show Sunday mornings, the DFS tailgate with Nate uh, and, and Bo and Connor. So you guys should check that out. want to check out Monkey Knife Fight, make a deposit, any amount you want, um, up to $100, you can get that 100% instant deposit matched. You want to deposit $100, you're going to get $200. That's a free $100, guys. As Nate calls it, that's just good economics, guys. So take care of your wallets this holiday season. We got the holidays coming up. Make your first deposit on Monkey Knife Fight. Use that promo code IBT. We appreciate it, guys. And let's head into front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give
0: it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot. Just for you, we're, we're all, all somewhere in between, between. have got you come
1: to the just place, trying to have someone. some fun Ain't gotta worry about nothing, not for what it means Come and give me another, another cause the night is young. young At least I so thought It's just in, it. breaking news, front and center
2: Yo, first, I want to give a shout out to our guy, Nate Miller. At, he's at ISM. Um, he's he's an artist based out of Los Angeles, based out of PA, West Virginia area. Guys, got to check him out. He makes all our original music here at the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Nate, thank you for that amazing new drop. I um, also want to thank our guy, Third and Short, for stitching that together in a video as well. Guys, welcome to Front and Center. This is our open forum discussion where we talk about everything that's happened since the last time we got together and what we can expect in the fancy football landscape moving forward. And I want to start with, you know, I, I, we can't bury the lead on this one, guys, Jonathan Taylor, JT, 53.4 PPR points as the Bills are beat down, beat down by the Indianapolis Colts, 41 to 15. Where are we at here, guys? I mean, I I, I honestly thought maybe the Colts had a chance to come in and pull off the upset, but five TDs for Jonathan Taylor, they just looked so good overall, and and JT led the way.
0: What is there to really say? He's a stud. I mean, especially that he did it to Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo coming into the week, both overall and last five games, those defensive fantasy points allowed um, data I've been working on all season. Number one, both categories, overall and last five. Fantasy points allowed to running backs, fewest points. Um, they'd only given up more than 80 yards a couple times all season on the ground, one of those to Derrick Henry. And then Jonathan Taylor just comes in and runs them ragged to the point where now, you know, it, it knocked them pretty far down the list as far as points yeah. out. Um, to the running back. So, I mean, the guys, the guys, otherworldly, in my opinion, uh, the, the Colts are six and four this year. They're six and zero when he rushes for over 100 yards. They're zero and four when he doesn't. So it's on you, Frank right? Just keep doing it.
1: I think that was probably the most astounding thing, and why everyone's been so befuddled by Jonathan Taylor in his situation, is yeah. that they just weren't using him. We all saw the talent when they did. I mean, and there were some things last year where he was trying to adjust to the speed of the game. He wasn't seeing the field as well. That's out the window. This guy is elite. And what Indy showed on Sunday is that the team that runs the ball the best and most effectively is generally going to be the better team. Buffalo can throw the ball, but you can pretty much center on their passing game because they're not going to run it. They just don't run the ball, but they don't have the personnel. What do they have Matt Breda <laughs> like yeah. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss. Yeah. They've showed flashes, but they just don't do it. And that's, I mean, Indy, Knew what they had to do. They had to shut down the passing game somewhat effectively this season. And then Jonathan Taylor just lit them up. Lit them up. Like, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, <laughs> he, was I mean, the, he was the most dominant player in that entire – he was the most dominant player I've
0: seen all season in that game. I remember it was around week three. He had 11 touches. And he was still off to a decent start, but you were kind of just like, oh, not this again. Just why don't they give him the I ball? was concerned. Yeah, since week three, 21.9 touches per game, including over 30 touches the last two. Naeem Hines is, I mean, he's still being used somewhat, but, you know, Jonathan Taylor's starting to get some targets as well. So, I mean, Naeem Hines wasn't
2: of- targeted for the first time in his career on Sunday. Like, put that yeah, in I perspective. Mean, first four right? years. Four years.
0: Yeah, Taylor is just, he's taken over. He is a bona fide workhorse bell cow.
2: Well, I think when you look at what at what Frank Wright wanted to do, he's looking around at what Mike Vrabel's doing in Tennessee. They have a workhorse running back. They have an alpha wide receiver in A.J. Brown, and they have a, a quarterback who's okay. Who you know, I think Ryan Tannehill's above average. I think he's a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably better than what I've seen out of Carson Wentz in his career other than the 2017 season. But I think that's the identity they're going to to go with. If you have Hines on your team, unless you have Jonathan Taylor and you want to handcuff him, I think Hines is, is dispersible at this point. I mean, he's had, I think, less than four PPR points in at least seven games so far this season, had a couple blow-up games. But I'm moving forward with Jonathan Taylor, like, as easily probably – I mean, obviously it's overreaction, but the, the RB won the rest of the way. Hey, Seth,
0: I have a question for you. Yes. What about if you have Naheem Hines as one of your starters, like,
2: say in the scott fishbowl league oh, me too I, I actually have him on my Scott Fishbowl roster as well, but I think I'm going to cut him. I, I, yeah, but, but, yeah. But, but but that yeah, pretty is pretty rough in that league. But that's a different league. That's a 26 man, 23 man roster, oh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but yeah on on a on a 13, 15, whatever size roster you're playing on. Nine Hines, yeah, dispersible. Got, Get
1: rid of him. Jonathan of him.
2: Taylor, hats off. The Colts have made a great comeback. Excited to see it. Another running back who went off here. In week 11 was Austin Eckler, who I really think coming into this week, we knew that these two and Najee Harris were probably the the top three RBs moving forward. Austin Eckler, four TDs. The Steelers, my Steelers, got taken down on Sunday night football. Uh, t- tough to see, but it was a good 41-37 to 37 victory for the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert looked really good. But Austin Eckler here, guys. Um, in a time where RBs are harder than ever to find, you have – Austin Eckler, who has 20-plus PPR points in 7 out of 10 games, only ever under du- double digit w- digits once with 9.5 PPR points. So this guy's floor is ridiculous. We finally see the true ceiling that we never have really seen. I don't think he's ever got to 40 or even like I think maybe his max was mid-30s before this. Um, mm-hmm. But welcome to the show, Austin Eckler. What a great story. I'd like to personally thank
1: the Colorado boy, Austin Eckler for sparing me embarrassment and losing to my brother-in-law. He saved, saved my season. Um, thank you so much, but man, you'd love to see it. And like this kind of changes the way that I look at the chargers offense. Now, if this is how they're going to use Austin Eckler and they can use him this effectively. Yeah. It opens the whole offense up. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Justin Herbert's going to be better. I mean, Jared cook, Donald Parnum, car home oh they those tight, ends, those tight
2: ends were rough too though with those drops
1: they those. were but I don't know man I just see I see this usage of Eckler opening this offense up and I think it's dude I I think he's a guy you can look at where it's like he might pop off for another like 35 point game or two this season Scott yeah.
2: are, are you buying into that too because we do have to acknowledge Pittsburgh was dealing with a lot of COVID issues injuries Joe Hayden Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt are arguably three of their top five defensive players were out of this one. Are are, are you thinking that played a factor into this at all? Or are you just complete wheels up? Like he is, if not the RB one behind right there. I'm a little of both. I mean, I know
0: the, I know the Steelers weren't really themselves in that game. Um, And that's also reflected by, you know, they had been much better at shutting down the run game before, before that game. First of all, what a game. I mean, there were a lot of crappy games this weekend, but that game was amazing. Yeah. So. I was um, I was
2: bummed. I was bummed going into that game too because you know a couple of my fantasy teams didn't do too well. Lamar didn't play, and but then you know seeing that and like Steelers were getting trounced on, and then for them to even like be in the conversation in the fourth quarter, it, it was still, it was fun for a fan. Well, I'm a Seahawks
0: fan, so I'm 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 in the market for a parachute for this cliff I'm about to jump off.
2: Jump but, on, buddy. Yeah.
0: Whew. Um, no, I mean, but I also think Eckler's the real deal. Um, and I mean, the thing is, is like, I don't victory lap often, but I mean, I had him higher, you know, closer to the top six, top seven RBs coming into the year, you know, and I think consensus was closer to around 10 ish. Uh, I think I had him in front of people like Nick Chubb and that sort of thing. So seeing a game like this, I mean, the thing is, is, you know, his absolute floor was still a double digit PPR game. You know, he had, a, he had a game where he had six rushes for seven yards against Baltimore. Still had double digits in that game. But as he's shown you multiple times, he's had multiple two TD games. He's got seven on the ground, six through the air. He's got a really, really safe floor. And he has weak winning ceiling at any given time, the way he's used. It's just people still, just because he's small and undrafted, you just still don't quite want to let him have that stud, <laughs> lock it in right. status. But plus, he's one of the best dudes in the NFL. He's probably my favorite player at mm-hmm. this point, him and A.J. Brown. Like Nate said, you love to see it with a guy like that. You know, um, a guy who is seemingly just a really good human. He interacts with people on Twitter, like in a kind of jokey, fun way about fantasy football, which you love to see. He's always propping up his teammates. Uh, he just, it's a guy you love to see succeed. So yep. um, I think it's the real deal. I've got him on a few teams and I'm, I'm just enjoying the show from here on out. I mean, guys, he's the RB, overall RB2.
2: Yeah.
1: In PPR on the season. And it's not by a little, which is crazy. Jonathan Taylor, obviously is won at 264 points, but then Eckler's 220. The next closest is Derek Henry at 193. And then Harris at 193.
2: Yeah. So
1: like, he's kind of separated himself a little bit, I think.
2: Yeah. I mean, he, he really is a new version of Christian McCaffrey at, mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day. And this isn't surprising with, with Austin Eckler. We saw, him break out in 2019 obviously melvin gordon was still there two years younger melvin gordon who's given javante williams fits in denver um you know can't get him off the field melvin's been great this year so like i i think we knew this was capable of austin eckler and like i kind of thought chase edmonds was going to do something similar this year to what we saw austin eckler do in 2019 like i think he has a similar profile but i just think maybe austin eckler is just like i thought chase edmonds was like a comparable player to Austin Eckler but I think Austin Eckler is just a beast, man I was well, I, think part
0: of, I think part of it too is the the Chargers don't have either a James Conner or a Kenyon Drake right along with Eckler like they're, they're they're what they have after Eckler I mean you know they're I've got my like, who, who are the who are the Josh Kelly Justin Larry, Jackson, Larry like I, I've got hope for some of them but no one's taken that much work from Eckler at this point and he stayed healthy, which has been huge.
2: Yeah, yep. Guys, we love to see you with Austin Eckler. Something we did not love to see this past week was the Chiefs and Cowboys. I mean, this comes into Week Eleven, a headline game for the NFL, and just a bad product on the field here in Kansas City. Dallas looked out of place in Arrowhead. Um, Nineteen to nine loss for the Cowboys. They've lost two here pretty quickly. Two point six points for Dak Prescott in fantasy terms. C. Lang, C.D. Lamb was banged up in this one. No Amari Cooper to start. Ezekiel Elliott was in and out of the game. So brutal game for the Cowboys. Chiefs though, I mean, this is four of the last five games for Patrick Mahomes. He's been under 14 PPR points, 7.5 points for him here against the Cowboys. And I mean, the Cowboys are a solid defense. Trayvon Diggs and that crew, like they are good, but I'm, I'm panicking, I think, a little bit if I have Patrick Mahomes here. I think there's still a chance Dak gets right when you bring back CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper. But I am panicking a little bit if I have Pat Mahomes. But it, it doesn't seem to be affecting Travis Kelsey or, or uh, Tyree Kale, though. So, okay, I want to go back to what I said earlier.
1: Teams who run the ball well tend to win more. The Chiefs are not running the ball well. Their leading rusher is still Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he only has 367 yards on the season. We're 11 weeks in going into 12. And I know he's been hurt and it's been kind of a back and forth, but this is a team that just simply doesn't run the ball well. That concerns me the rest of the season for the Chiefs. Maybe CEH, if he can get right and start being used more effectively, okay, maybe the Chiefs get better. Maybe that helps Mahomes. But Mahomes is trying to carry this team on his back. And when that happens and you have a really crappy defense, like th- those those is this two a things crappy
2: defense, like like on paper, it looks like the same defense that has been in the Super Bowl the last two years. You know what I mean? Like Chris Jones I- is a great player. Tyron Matthew sure. is Tyron Matthew. Yeah, but their corners aren't great. They're not great
1: in coverage. They can kind of stop the run. I, I, but then I guess I, I don't know. This is the thing about this season because like Dallas started out so hot and now we're like, what's wrong with Dak? What's wrong with this running game? You're, I mean, you're missing wide receivers, but now all of a sudden this defense isn't stopping anybody. All of a sudden the Chiefs defense
2: did stop somebody for a week. Like what do you make of all of this? Scott, so, what, what do you make of it, man? Like are, are, are you moving off any one of these quarterbacks or any of the high, what we thought were high-volume pass catchers coming into the year? Um,
0: No. Um, so with, I mean, this game, I have a ton of Dak and CD. This game destroyed my fantasy week. It just hamstrung so many of my teams. You always want to find a reason for things. Like I was actually listening to the coming off the edge with Nate and the chef and Jeff earlier. Um, and a good point was raised, you know, maybe people underestimate how important Amari Cooper is for the Mm -hmm. functioning of that offense. You know, as fan, as people that look at through a fantasy lens, you think, "Oh, Amari Cooper out, C.D. Lamb, Rocket ships, to the Moon season, all that stuff," um, yeah. which is what I thought was going to happen, especially against yeah. the Chiefs. But who knows? But at the same time, there doesn't necessarily need to be this like tangible answer why. It was that Arrowhead potentially a, just a really crappy game for the Cowboys, and I mean the Chiefs. You know, they started off the season a sieve on defense first. First five weeks they were giving up over 32 points a game. The last, the last week six through six through ten, 14.5 points per game. So their defense has really kind of shored things up. Last five they're eighth overall giving up points to running backs. So they've actually clamped down somewhat. But I'm and maybe this is the optimist in me I'm just treating this in both situations as this was just kind of a crappy offensive game and I'm going to move on to to the next week I'm still still starting Dak I'm still starting Patrick Mahomes because it brings into the question also like who are you gonna who are you gonna legitimately start over one of those quarterbacks like to me that's the definition (laughs) of getting too cute
2: yeah oh 100 percent guys before we move on to week 12 here and preview the Thanksgiving slate Do you have any other big winners and losers that really stuck out to you here in week 11?
0: I have. um, It's somebody who's already been winning, but things changed a little bit this week, and it just proves he's going to continue winning, and that's Debo Samuel for me. Yeah. Um, I wrote about him in the Mondays, and of course, what I wrote about in the Mondays was Brandon Ayuk was not going to threaten his target share. And then the problem with having the Mondays article due when it's due is I often have to have it in before the games happen. And then obviously Ayuk comes in and gets, you know, seven catches on seven targets with the touchdown. Anyway, um, but what I saw in this game was really low volume pass game for Garoppolo, 22 passes. And the game script kind of dictated that. They're playing the Jaguars. They were ahead. They didn't really have yeah. to pass a lot. Debo had one catch for 15 yards. And yet he still was a top 20 wide receiver on the week because he had eight carries, eight Apparently the answer to the San Francisco 49ers running back question all year has been Debo Samuel. He's got 13 <laughs> carries for 115 yards and a touchdown the last two games. That's ridiculous. It's but your- what it shows me is um, part, part of what I wrote in the Monday's column was, I mean, Shannon's not an idiot. He, he, he sees what Debo is. He's going to get him the ball, whether it's through the air, handing it off, a fly sweep, an end around. He's going to continue to get the ball to where even if he's not getting the passing volume – I think he's still going to be, you know, his floor is ultra high.
2: Yeah, I love Debo. Um, Another person I'll talk more about later, but I think was a huge winner here in week 11 was Devonta Freeman. Looked like the clear number one back for Baltimore. Came into the clutch, looked great. Five plus receptions for him. This is three straight weeks of 57% snap share for him. So love what Devonta Freeman did. Lev Bell obviously cut earlier in the week. Philip Lindsay's out on the move though, so look out for yes. that. Philip Lindsay was a winner this week. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Read
0: from the Texans <laughs> earlier. Being the biggest winner of the
2: week. Yeah, how about it, Philip Lindsay? Nate, any it. any early um, early reports that you're hearing out of Denver of where Philip Lindsay, the, the former Bronco, could land? Nope, they stopped talking about him once he left the team. <laughs> I
1: mean, he's. Plus, we don't watch the news, so yeah. there's that.
2: I don't know. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on Tennessee. Adrian Peterson was just cut earlier yes. today. That's, I could see him going to New Orleans.
1: That doesn't seem like a terrible landing spot for him.
2: How about that? Though we were just cu- talking about Adrian Peterson a couple weeks ago. You know, probably put a good ten minutes into that discussion just Sorry, for guys. him to evaporate. And uh, <laughs> I feel like that was my fault. Uh, no, no, it was not. Uh, that was <laughs> the whole but industry. Why wouldn't? The-
0: why wouldn't we have talked about him? I mean like right. it makes sense for him to come in and take over at least a partial version of that role. Yeah. It just you know, I forgot Dante Foreman's in the league. So
2: um you know, so it turns out they they don't need him, but Yeah. Guys, let's go ahead and pre- preview the Thanksgiving slate. This is one of my favorite times of the year as well. The Bears and Lions they're going to kick things off at 12:30 Eastern time. Is that not So that that kicks off at 9:30 your time, Scott. Yes. That is so yes. weird. I can't even imagine that. That's, <laughs> I love it, man. I love West
0: Coast games. I love breakfast with football. It's so much fun. I,
2: that's, too, that's too early. I need time. I need time. Um, West, West Coast dads. <laughs> the, the, so Bears, Lions, guys, are going to kick off at 1230 for your honor. Jared Goff might be back up in the lineup for the Lions. Um, reports are out today. He's trending towards playing. However, it won't be Justin Fields, the rookie, it under the helm for the bears it's going to be Andy Dalton um after Justin Fields was banged up a little bit on Sunday guys there's already Matt Nagigan fired rumors after after this game out out there right now i look at it from a fantasy perspective as it's going to be a lot of fun but i'm probably only playing David Montgomery, TJ Hawkinson and if you want to uh Darnell Mooney what say you Nate?
1: Yeah, uh <laughs> Actually, honestly, because Jared Goff's probably playing, I might recommend not rolling out Hawk.
0: That's that I sat Hawk last week.
1: He's been, dude, Goff has been a, a just, a, you know, the word I wanted to say, because it's so frustrating. He's been a death knell for TJ Hawkinson. When he's on the field, you can hear that like crackle of TJ Hawkinson. Isn't oh, going man. to get anything. I can't Deandre Swift. I think Deandre Swift, David Montgomery, and Darnell Mooney might be the only startable players in this game. If you're not like insanely desperate, if you are insanely desperate for a quarterback though, I don't mind Andy Dalton against Detroit. I think he might actually be able to carve them up a little bit. We might see some, if you're looking for like a deep, because a lot of people are benching or dropping Allen Robinson. This might be a week to start Allen Robinson. I like that. Just just throwing it out there. It might be a week to start Allen Robinson. Is
2: Robinson going to be playing? It sounds like he will be. Okay. Okay. We'll monitor. We'll we'll we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. If Allen
1: Robinson is playing, this might be a sneaky week to get some points out of him, though.
2: I'm just gonna say this. I think as a TJ Hawkinson truther and lover, you bet I'm firing him up on Thanksgiving, baby. I'm gonna be cracked, I'm gonna be cracked back in the chair. I'm gonna have a good old bush light ready. Um cry for
1: three hours. Yeah. No,
2: it's going to be a good day. I'm calling it. I'm calling it.
0: Career Just day. Savor that. Savor that. Catch two catches for 28 yards. <laughs> oh, yeah. So here's how I feel about that game. I'm glad it's the first one and we get it out of the way. Um, yep. Currently, the team averaging the least amount of points per game is the Texans at 14.2. Good Lord. Um, second worst is the Jaguars at 16.6. Tied for third worst at 16.7. Are the Lions and the Bears. Um, I just looked it up. The over under is 41.5. I'm actually surprised it's that high. Um, I just, especially with Goff and Andy Dalton, I mean, but here's the deal. We all just were 100% certain that the massive over under for Dallas, Kansas City was 100% accurate. So who knows? Maybe this turns into a high flying shootout, but I doubt it. Um, I'm starting Monty. Um, uh, you know i people that still have monty have patiently waited through his injury he's a he's a worker he's a workhorse running back you gotta start him yep um i don't know if i'm starting hawk i have in, in the league where i have hawkinson i also have fryer i was able to pick up prior so i'm gonna
2: have a decision to make there um i had to start both of them in my home league last week i got i got caught off guard with the hollywood brown injury i ripped them both out there Scored yeah. the same amount of points <laughs> um so I mean I'm just
0: you know it's not surprising I'm not expecting a lot of offense in this game you know so
2: can, can, we'll can, see. I, just, can I just say this like I know it's a tradition for the Lions to have this game first of all I want to know how, how like wh- what button did they click like what box did they sign to get this game and second of all like the last couple of years we've seen this game. And it hasn't even been the starting quarterbacks. Like I think it was last year, David Blau played for the Lions. Um, it was
1: David Blau. Yeah, David right. Blau.
2: And then either last year, or the year before, we saw um oh who who's the backup all all the time there in Chicago? Chase Daniels. We saw Chase mm-hmm. Daniels play. So it's just funny that we once again um we we, we once again you know ha- have uh, a very terrible slate looking for for uh, the beginning of Thursday night. Um, guys, moving forward in the day, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, we have the Raiders and Cowboys. Um, Scott, so what, what is it? This is like your 1.30 game then? is your 1.30 yep, game? 130. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 1.30. So, like Just like normal. Okay, I'll be going into a little bit of a food coma. Uh, Scott will be get probably getting ready to eat um, at this <laughs> time. But, guys, this is a, kind of another downer game a little bit here. No Amari Cooper, most likely. No C.D. Lamb, who exited the game here in week 11 with a concussion. The Raiders have looked pretty bad on offense. They've scored 16 total points since Henry Ruggs' accident. Just kind of, you know, teams, uh, especially the Raiders that that are in, you know, just a free fall right now. I think we predicted this. Um, Guys, I see the starts as none other than Dak Prescott, uh, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, and Ezekiel Elliott. If you want to maybe throw out a Dalton Schultz, in your tight end I'm cool with Dalton Schultz but Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson could also be interesting as like you know s- some risky flex plays or do you guys have any any objections about that
0: I would say if I mean and I don't know if C D Land's officially out it doesn't look good just because it's a short short game but I think I've heard some rumblings that he has a chance to play either way um Cooper's out we know that so if they are both out yeah I have no I I have no problem starting Michael Gallup um, because I think um, you know, when a, when a receiver moves into a position due to injury, it, it's not quite the same as a running back, you know, targets are earned that whole thing. Like if you're not a very good wide receiver, yeah, just because you, you move up in the pecking order, doesn't mean you're going to have a big game for fantasy, but Michael Gallup is a really good wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So if he's the top dog, I'm, I, yeah, I'm rolling him out there. Cedric Wilson, a little bit more of a, more of a deep sleeper in my eyes. Um, I think if you're stuck, if you've got kind of a, if you've got a deeper bench or a, or a a bigger roster, if you have a league that, you know, did away with kickers and defenses and added some more flexes or wide receivers, um, I think he's, he's, you know, he's worth a shot. He's not, he's not going to win you your week. He might, he could very well be a dud, but the waiver wire is pretty desolate. (laughs) So, you know, those, those are the types of players sometimes you got to roll with.
2: Are we moving on from Brian Edwards? Can we throw yes. Brian Edwards in the trash? Please. Yeah. I mean, outside of
0: Dynasty,
2: yeah. How many stinkers can you can you put up when, when you're the number one target? Hunter Renfro, though. Um, Hunter I, I Renfro. I, yeah, we. I, I I did skip over Hunter Renfro. That was pretty disrespectful. You can throw Renfro out as a wide receiver three flex play. Once again, he's been solid. If I have other options, I'm not starting Darren Waller this week. Stop you.
1: I can't. Who are your other options,
2: Nate? Let's go through the list. Start
1: naming them. I'll start Dalton Schultz. Okay. Um, Dawson Knox. I might even start CJ Uzuma over him. Stop. You're Dude, amazing. he's not – He's. He, I know, but he's not seeing the end zone. And this is becoming a problem on a team that is becoming a problem. And I love his talent. I was drafting him. I drafted him in the – first or second round of any league where there was any sort of tight end premium. He was my, he was my over Kittle and over Kelsey. I was drafting him, but he's become problematic at this point. He's not putting up numbers. There are weeks where he is, but it isn't consistent and it's hard to tell when it's going to happen. And that's the issue with this Raiders team. Like they have an interim coach, the mess John Gruden caused followed by the Henry Ruggs accident and now you have this locker room that's just kind of broken. Like Derek Carr has been bad; they're a bad team. He had seven for one sixteen, Nate. Like what? Like I know he hasn't been what. And he has all. big weeks, but the, I'm saying the consistency isn't there. And this well, week, so I don't see it coming against so Dallas, and I'm not starting him.
0: My only problem with that is, sure, he hasn't been—he hasn't necessarily been worth the the you know top three tight end price tag. But the tight ends that you mentioned that you're willing to replace him with have also not been very consistent and have a much lower ceiling. So, you know what I mean? So, I just – I don't know. You know, with Hawkinson, it's a little bit different because he's he's done it a couple times. But I don't know. I get
1: it.
2: I get it. I get your frustration, Nate. I understand. Well,
1: okay. So, let me ask you this. If you are the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator going into this game on Thursday – Who who do you put Trayvon Diggs on? It's not Brian Edwards, it's not Hunter Renfro, it's Darren Waller.
2: Yeah, but Trayvon Diggs is more of a. I think he just plays the left side of the field more than he's not really a shadow guy. So wouldn't you make an exception though this week when you've got the one guy
0: that can burn your defense? I might not change things too much if I were playing the Raiders. I'd probably be comfortable, you know, not. Not saying I mean, they're, well, okay, they're gonna ignore waller, but I don't think that they need to it's not a team that is threatening enough to where they need to really change what they do. Um, okay. I mean Dallas has been middle of the pack against tight ends, so it's not like it's a stingy matchup. Right. Match. It's not a stingy matchup. My only I mean, I you know, I'm I'm not a I'm not a you always have to start your studs guy. If there's a reason not to, I won't. I just the only thing I question is is the options to put in are just as risky with a lower ceiling.
2: Nate, I I, I want to just end this conversation here. How shitty are you gonna feel though if you don't start Darren Waller on Thanksgiving? He goes off, and you're just sitting there, you know, with a pile of soup on you. Something I've learned about this whole journey <laughs> is that it's a learning experience.
1: I'm not gonna feel I'm not gonna feel bad about it. I will have learned a lesson about Darren Waller, but I don't think I'm wrong this week.
2: Okay, there you go. Nate has sure. it there, guys. Let's move to the final game um bill saints here 8:20 eastern time kickoff so i'm going to be going into the later half of the night scott you guys are out there um just kind of wrapping up dinner you're going to be hitting your turkey coma around this game can josh allen rebound um you know terrible game we already talked about it from the from the bills get dominated by the colts 41 to 15 um and now they have a game up against the new orleans saints who Haven't looked great lately. They've lost three in a row. Trevor Simeon has looked okay at times, but again, lost three straight. I think the starts in this one are pretty straightforward as well, guys. I I see you're starting Josh Allen if you have him. You're starting Stephon Diggs. You can probably start Dawson Knox as a tight end one this week, and you're starting Mark Ingram. I don't know if there's anyone – like, if you want to get ballsy and throw an Adam Troutman or – and Emmanuel Sanders or Cole Beasley, you can, but I'm not trying to start those guys. unless. Trowman's hurt. Oh, yeah. did he? Trowin. Out.
0: out for multiple weeks.
2: Yeah.
0: And Ingram, pra- Ingram didn't practice today. Right. Ingram didn't Ingram. practice either. Yeah. Nope. yeah, so maybe it's the Tony Jones show. I think this, this one, I think the stars align a little bit for Buffalo because mm-hmm. New Orleans has been very good against the run this year, but they have been <laughs> very bad against the pass, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, that's the wheel. High. And I think the Bills are going to be, you know, they got embarrassed. They got embarrassed by an AFC rival. I don't know if it's necessarily a rival, an AFC opponent. A rival now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think Josh Allen digs. I think they, they rebound in a, in a strong way. One guy I'd say I'm, I'm done starting them. The trend has lasted long enough now is Emmanuel Sanders. I picked him up earlier in the year threw him out there in a few PPR leagues and it worked out pretty well. But he's just, his target share has plummeted the last four or five games. And with Dawson Knox back, it's not going to get any better. So right. not all starting Daniel Sanders. But mm-hmm. um, on the on the Saints side, <laughs> um, which it's it's so sad. I picked up Troutman in, in Scott Fishbowl. First, first good game I've had from a tight end in that league all year. I have bad tight ends. And now he's hurt and he's out, which sucks. So. Um, there's not a lot to be excited about on the same side of the ball. Nope. You know, if Ingram's out, I guess Tony Jones Jr. is next in line. Um, we yeah. haven't really seen much from him. You know, he's got some hype. He looked good in the preseason, but. Preseason hero, baby. Do we start somebody like that? I don't have Just depends. You have
1: better options.
0: Yeah. More <clears> yeah, than I life. Would, right? I, would, I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah.
2: In a PPR two QB or two two wide receiver, one flex league. Nate, what, what's your degree of confidence one out of ten on Cole Beasley this week? It's like two. You don't want to start him? No, dude. I think they're gonna feed Diggs and Knox. Lattimore okay. Lattimore could be playing on on Stefan Diggs. Is that don't care.
1: Okay. Stefan Diggs is one of those guys who either he has a good day or he doesn't doesn't matter. The coverage doesn't matter unless they're doubling him up. But they don't double people up with Lattimore, so yeah. All
2: right, guys. Well, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy these games. Awesome to preview these guys with you. Um, We're going to go ahead and move into temperature check. And this week on temperature check, we're going to compare Thanksgiving foods to fantasy football players. Temperature check is once again presented by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Guys, in between fam, if you haven't been playing Underdog Fantasy, what are you doing? Nate's been playing it. Scott's been playing it. I've been playing it. Um, I kind of can't stop playing it. It's become a little bit of an issue, I'd say.
1: Yeah, um, it's great. They've got great games. It's different than what's out there on a lot of these other platforms. The app is user friendly, and they're matching your deposit 100% up to $100. Hundo,
2: baby. Hundo.
1: Like, like Seth mentioned earlier, that's just good economics, guys.
2: Just good economics. So make
1: sure go into the App Store, the Google Play Store, whatever you have.
2: I hope it's the download
1: one. the Underdog Fantasy Sports app.
2: Use Get the it. promo code IBT to sign up. Use it. Deposit some money and Do come it. play with us. Use that promo code IBT, and guys, let's go ahead and send it into Temperature Check. temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy fire. All right, so probably one of my favorite segments of the year guys. Um we're going to be comparing foods to fantasy football player. Thanksgiving foods, of course. Um first of all, I just want to like some general discussion about the foods at Thanksgiving. Like do you guys are located where you are, do you have anything do you think that's like super specific to your areas? I don't think so. No. Do you guys do mac and cheese at Thanksgiving or mashed potatoes? We do mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. Okay. Okay. I've always wanted to have mac and cheese at Thanksgiving, to be honest with you.
0: That's more you know, you I mean. You can always
2: mac- make mac and cheese and have it at Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah.
2: But
0: yeah. Just start your own thing, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've always had, we've always had very typical Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It's like nothing, nothing out of the ordinary here. Awesome. My
1: family got weird for a few years. <clears throat> uh My mom made this apple and s- Italian sausage stuffing. Okay.
2: Okay. But like, I, I, I,
1: yeah, it was okay. The apples kind of threw it off. A yeah. Bit. It was kind of different, but um, no, I do. I mean, green bean casserole stuffing, mashed yeah. potatoes, yams, pumpkin pie pecan pie apple pie
2: you guys do corn pudding at all
1: i make a corn casserole but it's that- we don't we don't but i do
0: like corn pudding and corn casserole
2: is corn I've- casserole the same as corn pudding
1: probably not it's corn bacon sour cream
2: oh whoa that sounds pretty good actually it's not bad i don't think I've ever what is heard? corn
1: i've never heard of corn
2: pudding um, it's kind of like cream corn, but you just add like some flour and some sugar, and it, it's kind of just like super sweet, I guess, and like some maybe some cream and stuff. I, I can know. get down on that. That doesn't sound awful. No, it's pretty. It's pretty good, honestly. I'm not a huge corn guy, but it's it, it's great, guys. Speaking of food, here, Nate, you were here with me last year for this comp. I have n- I can't remember who our comps were last year, but um, who is your comp here for 2021? Your fantasy football. Thanksgiving food from and bud. Hit me.
1: So uh I'm going Patrick Mahomes and I'm calling him those like awful canned cranberries <laughs> that like they, it comes out of the can and you can see where like the rivets in the can were. And then you slice it and put it in this tray and it sits there lonely by itself. Just so sad. I think it's a Nobody display wants,
2: thing. It is a display no. thing. They're terrible. You're supposed to eat it. I don't think I've ever ate that in like my twenty-two years. I on I like I've I've had that on, at my Thanksgiving probably you know at least fifteen of those years. I don't think I've ever ate it.
1: Yeah. So the <laughs> thing cranberry is, sauce,
0: great. Right, it's good.
2: Yes, but you
1: the canned real cranberry sauce is great. Jen's mom, my mother-in-law, makes a fantastic, fantastic cranberry sauce. It's, Mama Jay, it's it's amazing. Um, the canned cranberries though. So like when you're a kid, you're like, these are so good, sugar, ha, ha, Then you get older and they're just like, they're awful. Um, Patrick Mahomes this season, we came into the season going, Patrick Mahomes, woo-hoo-hoo, QB1 forever in our hearts. But like this season, it is kind of just in our hearts because he's just been a huge disappointment like Cranberries are when you become an adult.
2: Like, oh, wait, this isn't good. I will not take this as an opportunity victory lap because – no. But but I will say like like I definitely did not pr- like project this fall off for Patrick Mahomes, but I I definitely had him ranked as my QB4 coming into the year behind guys like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray and and Josh Allen just because I did I just didn't think the touchdown rate was sustainable and he needs that cuz he don't really have the rushing most weeks. I, Scott, I think you Adam is your QB1, but I mean rightfully so though. Yeah, I mean I did. Like
0: I don't know if it was just following the herd. It, it's in hindsight, it's easy to look back and be like, ah, oh, I should have had somebody else there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's no longer a one or two week thing. I mean, it's we're 11 weeks in and he's had, he's had a few good games, but not what you expected as, as the number one QB. So yep. um, my, my wife makes a jalapeno cranberry sauce and it is oh, very, very oh, no,
1: good. I'm a thousand. Can you send some to us? That sounds sure. great. Yeah, I'll send it
0: to you in a can. Awesome. Perfect.
2: Sounds Um, great.
0: So my, is it my turn now? Yeah, go for it. So my player is Joe Mixon and my Thanksgiving food is all gravy, baby. The reason (laughs) I'm saying that is um, first of all, I really like gravy and I've always kind of really liked Joe Mixon. I kind of, I've shied away from all the intense battles on Twitter about Joe Mix. Yeah, for sure. Um, But I just, I always thought if he, you know, if he just got the, if he got the workload, I thought he would be, you know, not the number one overall running back, but he'd be a solid RB1. And that's exactly what he's been this year. Um, He's RB6 right now. He hasn't missed any games due to injury. Um, And the reason I compare him to gravy is because, like I said, I really like gravy and I like to pour gravy over like most stuff on the plate. Yeah. Like the gravy, just to be everywhere, so it kind of connects everything. And he's kind of the thing that's keeping a lot of my teams together. Um, oddly enough, like my teams where I've been hit with injuries, he's been a very steady RB one that gets me points every week. Um, in a season with chaos at the running back decision, at running back position. So as much as people some might want not want to hear it, you can't really argue with it. To me, he's one of those situations where we see it all the time where we're like, as soon as player A gets this situation, it's wheels up, right? We, we chase that in fantasy football all season long, all the time. Like, like a squirrel or not. Squirrel baby. But I feel like we're always chasing it. But with Joe Mixon, yeah. it's like once Geo's out of town, that was the thinking, and that is what happened. So all gravy, baby. I,
2: I will say this. I I never had any Joe Mixon shares before 2020 and in 2020 I had him everywhere and just because of, of how drafts fell I was at the end of the first round and absolutely burned me after the game six and then he he was supposed to come back in two weeks never came back and I, I lost a lot of championships that I on on teams that I had Joe Mixon I made it all the way and I couldn't seal the deal because I didn't have a good RB1 so I was so scared to draft him this year. But oh, I, totally right?
0: mean, and I get it. Like, And that's the thing is like this year where I drafted him, part of the reason I was so into it is because his price tag was right. Like, right. He's not my RB1 on any of my teams. Right, not my RB2. You know what I mean? Maybe. Like I wasn't willing to go after him as an RB1, but you didn't really have to. Um, And so, but I get it. Like basically since his rookie year, I've been the guy that's like, ooh, maybe this is the week with Joe Mixon. You know what yeah. I mean? Like ever since his rookie year, I've been just yeah. like that. So. Um, So it's just, I mean, you know, he's just been, he's been a steady Eddie this year.
2: Yeah. Consistency for sure. And, you know, you love to see it because I remember even in 2019, people were dropping Joe Mixon about halfway through the year, just because of disappointing performances. So just great to see him and the whole Bengals put it all together. Yeah, I agree.
1: You guys said everything I was going to (laughs) say. So like I had nothing to say. You're good,
2: man.
0: Sit here quietly. Joe Mixon, Hall of Famer.
2: So oh easy <laughs> easy now oh, 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 now hold the horses Scott um guys before we move forward I do want to give you my uh, player to food analogy here and I want you guys to guess this one um I want our audience to guess it if, if you're in, on YouTube over there at IBT media um, on our YouTube page put what you guys think are in, in the comments what you think it is So my food is the salad It's not at all Thanksgiving meals. It's at a very few amount of Thanksgiving meals. It's also it's also a player that you know, as all, most of them are not on a lot of teams, but you know it's not someone that you're going out trading for, drafting high, but they've been very steady. you know, salads light and quick and a good meal. This is a good meal. Um, this player has had uh, 12 plus PPR points in eight of 10 games this season, 19 plus PPR points in five games. This season, he's top seven in the league in receptions, top nine in the league in receiving yards, and top four in yak. What do you guys got? Who's the salad? Because I actually love salad at Thanksgiving. I, I think it's like, you know, just gets me going, like opens up the stomach, and I'm ready. Mm. No, no, I, cheese. I've, got I no I've, got, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Scott, take notes. You study yak. You study yak, Scott. I, know I do, do, but I only looked at Debo, and I was like, oh, my God, that's so high, and then I just stopped. All right, guys. The salad is Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin oh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. the salad at Thanksgiving. Um, You know, just we came into this year, and he was a, another guy like Joe Mixon last year. His ADP got out of control a little bit towards the beginning of the season. He was drafted in the second or third rounds of redrafts in twenty twenty. Disappointed with injury, was not really the same player. Everyone was really concerned with AB this season, rightfully so. He's a talented guy, but as we've seen, he can't stay healthy. Now he can't stay out of trouble again. And Chris Godwin is making the most of his opportunity here. As I said, I mean, he's been over 19 PPR points five times. This isn't quite the 2019 season with him, but him and Mike Evans have been so consistent every single week. I just loved what I've seen with Chris Godwin. And I love the salad at Thanksgiving. I love the fucking salad at Thanksgiving. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> sorry, I need, <laughs> I need more salad at Thanksgiving. That is the most heated salad exchange I've
1: ever seen. <laughs> right? I don't think I know anybody who loves salad as much as Seth. I now. mean, that—that that was.
0: I cold do. Was a I'm actually,
2: I'm a salad enthusiast,
0: <laughs> salad apologist. I, I, I love the call, and I did actually yeah. have my screen up, and I saw it was Kyle Godwin, but I didn't want to cheat, so I didn't say anything. Yeah, he's third, he's third in yards after the catch uh, per reception after Debo and Jamar Chase. Um, and I mean, last year, you know, he was having a good season and he got hurt. So if you look at the total numbers from last year, it doesn't look that great, but he got hurt. Um, so Mike Evans has been, I, I was wrong about Mike Evans. I'll admit it right here. I, I faded him somewhat thinking he was too touchdown reliant, um, but he's been, he's been great. But they've been great together. It's been sustainable for both of them to be really good together. Together. So, really. um, so, yeah, I, I love the call. I really like salad too. I like salad all the time.
2: Do Do you guys also like Do you guys like like pasta salad or potato mm-hmm. salad or like the other non oh, potato
1: salad's like one of my
0: favorite things. Macaroni salad,
2: market. macaroni salad is really good. I love like, macaroni it salad. It reminds me of summertime barbecues. Mm-hmm. I, potato I, salad, I, too. yeah. yeah. I, I haven't really gotten to the point in my life where I like macaroni salad yet. I, I didn't like pasta salad for about the first like 18 years of my life. And then I started liking it. And now I'm starting like, I kind of like some potato salad. It just depends. What about egg salad? Where do you guys land on egg salad? No, like I, egg salad. Actually, it's okay. I had it a lot as a kid. I feel like kind of like, I don't know. I get sick of it a few days after Easter, but for
0: the most part, <laughs> for the most part I like it. Do do you guys like my wife wife makes a really good pasta salad. Mm. Like you get a really good one, it's it's hard to beat. Again, these are all very like chilled summertime, summertime side dishes. Yeah, making me think of summer.
2: Chicken salad, tuna salad, any of those salads?
1: Oh, chicken salad. As long as it doesn't. Who started putting grapes in chicken salad? What? And what is wrong with you?
2: Chicken salad's great.
1: Just don't put grapes. It was Sorry. you,
0: Scott. Yeah, I started that.
1: <laughs> Man, it's
0: a Northwest thing. I, I, Is I, it I don't a North- think I've ever had grapes and chicken salad. Oh,
1: geez. dude, it, I can nuts That's are fine, fine. but That's grapes. That <laughs> good one. <laughs>
2: uh, guys, yeah, enough,
1: enough
0: about yeah. salad.
2: Yeah, no, I love the salad discussion. A uh, little bit of a tangent here, um, guys. We do have to move forward in the show to some sure things, sleepers of the week, Thanksgiving edition. Um, this week, it is once again presented by our buddy up at Stevens Quality Barbering Services. Guys, it might be too late to get your get your haircut for this holiday, but it's not too late to get your haircut for the next several holidays, baby. we got about a month in between. Head up to Stevens Quality Barbering Services in Kerwinsville, PA, whether you're in Central PA, Western PA, really anywhere in PA. You guys might be traveling through this time of year. Um, visit stevens.quality.genbook.com to book an appointment today. Noah's going to get hooked up with a quality haircut at a quality price. You're going to have a quality conversation and just an overall quality experience, baby. If you want to look like this, or, no, sorry, that's bad advertising. Um, <laughs> if you want to have hair like this, maybe a different, better face, um, head over to Stevens Quality Barbering Services. Noah's going to get you hooked up, guys. Um, let's go ahead and jump into some short things. Sleepers of the week. Short it's the
0: short thing. Sleepers of the week. You
2: guys thought I got fired up about salad. Wait till you hear my short thing sleeper of the week, baby. I'm gonna get pumped. <laughs> oh man,
0: I so hope it's Colquitt. Oh my god. Oh no,
2: <laughs> never, never. full circle. Full circle. Never, Nate. <laughs> what do you got, man? Get. I think Nate's is actually gonna get me fired up too. I love this.
1: Uh, Robbie Anderson, baby.
2: Oh, never mind. I was looking at his for dead. Never mind. I'm not. So fired Robbie
1: up. Anderson isn't dead. He was <laughs> dead with Sam Darnold. He's left for dead though. <laughs> he was left for dead for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um. So what he's done the last two weeks, saying Sam Darnold, he had four catches on six targets for 37 yards and a touchdown against Arizona of all teams. And the yardage isn't great, but the red zone look and the touchdown is huge. Plus the PPR points from four catches. I mean, that's four free points. There you go. Then he had five catches on six targets for 30 yards against Washington. He's being used. It was cams first week back. Cam is looking his way. He didn't throw the ball a ton in that game because they didn't want to obviously put too much on a guy who hasn't played in 11 months. Yeah. But Robbie Robbie Anderson to the moon with Cam Newton. Like I feel it. I just feel it in my soul. And I know a lot of people are going to say I'm crazy, but it's just one of those like gut feels that I have that Robbie Anderson is going to become more relevant than DJ Moore. Especially because DJ Moore is more of a deep threat, and we saw what happened to DJ Moore with Teddy Bridgewater. Troy King had to shave his beard off on a DJ Moore bet because he couldn't produce. So, <clears throat> I'm sorry if I'm going to trust Robbie Anderson more than DJ Moore here, but I'm going to. He, he just fits Cam more than DJ Moore does, and this is a team that could could realistically make the playoffs. If Cam Newton can play well and yeah. he can run this offense around Cam, this is a playoff team.
2: Do you like the matchup this week against Miami, Nate? Obviously, they've been... Yeah. Their cornerbacks yeah. have been better as of late, um, Byron Jones, Xavier, and Howard. But, I mean, you still expect Robbie Anderson kind of be used all over the field and get away from those two at one point as well. Yes. So... And I
1: think something we don't talk about enough when we're talking about like, Oh, their corners have been better lately. Cam Newton's been in the league a long time. He's seen pretty much every defensive package you can throw at him. And he knows what to do. The question is, does he have the parts and pieces around him to do what he needs to do to beat said defense this week? I think he does.
0: Fair enough. They play in, they play in the dolphins. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Dolphins are atrocious, atrocious against the pass. Atrocious. It could happen. Um, yeah, I mean, why not? Like Robbie was left for dead. I'm sure he's mostly on waiver wires. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there were signs of life when Cam took over. So, you know, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility. I would I wouldn't hang my hat on it, but you you called it a gut call. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's what we go with in in fantasy, and mine's a little bit that way too. Um, my call, my short thing sleeper of the week. It's to me, it's a little bit of a feel good story, but it's Tim Patrick, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. Um, and you know, I just see this as he just signed this contract that shocked some people, but good for him. Um, the Broncos have locked up a pretty studly receiving core for the next few yeah. years. Um, but you know, he's he's coming off that. It's a home game. It's a division rival. It's the Chargers. They're one game behind the Chargers in a wide open AFC West. Which somehow the Chiefs are still on top of. I don't understand. That. Anyway. <laughs> right, um, right. They just are, you know. But um, and I mean the thing about Tim Patrick is like if you look down if you look if you look down the box scores, you know, he's got some touchdowns, he's got some catches here and there and whatnot. He doesn't have any big blow up games or anything like that. But that's where the gut feeling comes in for me a little bit, because when I've watched him this year, he he makes big catches. He makes third down, you know, he makes first down conversion catches. He's made a few huge touchdown catches in, you know, in crucial moments. And it being a home game division rival, I think he's going to do that. And I think one of those is going to be a touchdown. So he's currently ranked at wide receiver 44 PPR, according to Fantasy Pros for the week. It's too low. But I think that's way, way too, too low. low. Um, I think. I think he's in the top 36. And I mean, the Chargers, again, started off the season just stingy as all hell against wide receivers. But that has not been the case recently. Um, they've kind of moved more towards the middle of the pack in mm-hmm. the points they've given up
2: to receivers. So
0: I'm calling Tim Patrick.
2: I love it, man. If, if you didn't have Tim Patrick, I was probably going to actually have him this week just because I was I was amped up to talk about him, too. That's a great that's a great contract. That's a great story for that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, although there was people out there in the Twitter sphere like four or five weeks ago who were still being like, "Oh, Tim Patrick doesn't barely deserve to be on an NFL roster, let alone a fantasy <laughs> roster. Get out of here, Tim Patrick's a good receiver, man. Good for him."
0: Those people haven't watched. They haven't like watched him play. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: he, he's great at contesting catches too.
0: If you watch him play football, like I mean, yeah, he's not the wide receiver one. But he's a solid professional, you know what I mean? Just a, a yeah, above. He's a big.
1: He's a big play guy. He,
2: he has ice in guy. his veins. He's a big guy too.
1: Yeah, he's a big guy and he's a big play. Like ice in his veins. The dude yeah. just performs yeah. when he has to perform.
2: Yes. Yep.
1: Dude, and- Russell Wilson is gonna love that next season. <laughs> love it. Or a Raj.
2: Either or. Either or.
0: I'm looking, for, big, I'm looking for a big brown paper bag with eye holes over my. <laughs> because of the way the Seahawks have completely screwed themselves.
2: <laughs> Nate, if, if Russell Wilson comes to the Seahawks, you have to mail Scott a, a brown paper bag.
0: I'll trade fair. you some
2: jalapeno cranberry
0: sauce for a brown paper bag <laughs> with eye <my> holes.
2: <laughs> that doesn't seem like
1: a fair trade. I'll find something
2: else to yeah, say. Yeah,
0: you don't to. have to win every trade. That's what I've learned. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the truth? Guys... Someone who did win on this Sunday was the Baltimore Ravens on the back of none other than Devonta, mother effing Freeman, back in here. You know, he was chilling on the beach a couple months ago, and now he's back in the saddle for the Ravens. This has been awesome to watch. Like, I have not seen Devonta Freeman look this good since 2018. Like, it is outstanding how good he's looked. He's been great in the receiving game, he's getting a lot of yak yards after catch. Um And the Browns, like this is like the time of year I think you have to really be as a fantasy analyst or just as a fantasy fan and consumer, you need to really pay attention to the most recent weeks and how that affects fantasy defenses like the Browns overall have been a pretty like, okay, middle of the road fantasy defense against the RB position but over the last three or four weeks, they've been a bottom three defense against RBs. Um, they've given up 484 rushing yards. So well over hundred yards per game, six rushing touchdowns. And that's not even counting receptions or anything like that. Since Devontae Freeman kind of got and saw any action for the Ravens week six, he has been the RB 18. So an RB two, like, you know, not too crazy, but he, he once again, got it done for fantasy here, uh, in week 10, got in the end zone. He's seen uh, 58% of the snaps three weeks in a row. I, I, You know, obviously Latavius Murray looked a little banged up still, but I, I still think Freeman's going to see well over 50% of the snaps for one of the most run-dominant teams in the NFL still. Sign me up this week.
0: Yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, well, I mean, in the current landscape, you know, I I, I picked him up last week. I think it was the IBT League, maybe. Anyway, um, I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a starting running back that's going to get volume. So, and I mean, for a team, for a team like the Ravens, you know, it's just, it's, it still has that, well, it's Devonta Freeman, what is this, 2016? Uh, But like, you know, he's, he has been producing and with, with the other options you might have on your team, like, you know, I mean, if if Devonta Freeman's your RB1, you're in trouble. (laughs) You know, if he's, if he's if he's a, if he's a flex or, you know, an RB2 potentially, it's, that's not, not a bad bet with the way that offense runs.
2: Yeah, I've I've had him rostered in a couple leagues. You know, since since that week six when he finally got above double digit PPR points, and I've been riding him on and off the last couple of weeks. He was my short sure thing a couple weeks ago. I advised people to play him. He that was the week he actually had under ten PPR points. So I do apologize about that. But that was that weird Miami game. He looked good in that one too, though. So guys, start treating Devonta Freeman. Like rankers, anyone ranking out there, please just start ranking this guy appropriately because I really do think he's a solidified RB2 the rest of the way. Yeah. With that said, guys, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about subtle Thanksgiving things we love in weekly advice. Weekly. weekly advice is our way of bringing a little bit of feel good lifestyle advice to you to close out the show. Guys, I, I really do think Thanksgiving probably is one of my overall favorite holidays. Like there's not as much pressure, like you don't have to remember all the gifts and cards and everything that c- comes with Christmas and it's just chilling out football, food, family, friends. Um, what are some of the most ca- like casual things that you guys love about not just Thanksgiving, but this holiday season and this time of year?
0: Well, I have a very specific one for Thanksgiving. Um, it originated um, when I was younger. And, you know, going shopping at stores on Black Friday was more prominent. It's still prominent, but it, when it was like the thing to do. So my mom and my aunt and my sister um, and a bunch of family we'd do Thanksgiving with the next morning, they would all get up super duper early and go shopping. And me and my dad and my uncle, and my brother, we would not do that. Yeah, um, And so I just always loved that first half, Not you know, not because my mom and those people weren't there, but just that first half of that Friday, just low-key, quiet, you know, you're hungover from food. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with, with Thanksgiving, a lot of times for us, you know, especially this year since we're having it at home, um, there's a lot of prep and a lot of kind of just, you know, activity leading up to the day. And yeah. so that... And always get Friday off from work. So or I always have. So that that first part of the next day on Friday is always just I savor it because it's quiet, I can just relax, you know, make a turkey sandwich, that sort of yeah. thing. So that's that's always stood out. I mean nowadays there's not really any Black Friday shopping going on. So not quite the same, but I still just like that breath you take after a holiday. Um, has has ended. For sure. Love that.
1: So for me, this is the only time of year I care about college football because, like, this is the time where we've got Ohio State-Michigan coming up, which is a big one because I hate Michigan. And I'm uh, kind of – how do you put it? I'm an Ohio State fan now because my father-in-law is. So You can just, like,
2: like, log out of the podcast and you can just, like, shut the computer (laughs) – (laughs) out there.
1: <laughs> oh, I know, but I so,
2: I root for Penn State because of you. I'm I appreciate a, I, that. I'm
1: a complicated <laughs> I'm a complicated man when it comes to sport allegiances. I hate um, Michigan
0: but this
1: is, too. <laughs> I, Dude, I have hated Michigan for
0: decades. Hated Michigan,
1: and I don't really like John Harbaugh,
0: Jim Harbaugh. Well, they were a, they were a big rival for the UW Huskies there mm-hmm. for a bit when they were facing each other in Rose Bowls. Mm-hmm. Desmond Howard did the Heisman pose totally Uh, yeah so they were they were a big rival and yeah yeah jim harbaugh didn't help anything
1: no can't stand him uh yeah this is a low-key like really cool time for college football like you're getting really good matchups you're getting the rivalries you're getting the conference tournaments and the championships and the bowl games and it's just it's a fun time in college football because everything else is not as low-key college football is always low-key to me so. It's a
0: really fun football chunk of
2: time. In general, yes. Yeah,
0: yes. It's
2: great. yeah, and it's great from a fantasy perspective a little bit too for college football right now is because we've seen, you know, close to 10-plus games for these athletes now. So we kind of know – we don't, you know, exactly have a big board yet, but there's definitely rankings out there. You can kind of start paying attention to some of these bowl games for fantasy implications for next year. So keep that in mind when you're watching some of these, like, more lower key bowl games. Like if there's a North Carolina or someone like that, like uh, a Pittsburgh, like Kenny pick it, like there's going to be guys out there who, you know, they might not be on the best team, but, but they're going to be fantasy relevant in a year from now. So p- keep, mm-hmm. keep an eye on that too. But I love that Nate. Cause I, definitely before this year, I, I definitely agree. This is the best time for college football.
0: We also have to prepare for when we're all Debbie experts in March and April. <laughs> you know, Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right. I will right. never be a Debbie expert. I'm trying. No, I, either, working. But, you know. Shout out
2: Jeff Bell, Jeff Bell the
0: Debbie expert. Kevin Du boys. Yeah. yeah. Kevin. DuBois, yeah.
2: Yep. Guys, I'd probably have to say like one of my like super like subtle things I love about Thanksgiving and just this time of year. Um, I had uh, I actually had the privilege this last weekend of having Dan Turner in from Champions Round over there. Um, we went to a Penn State game. His his wife and him came up and. You know, I had a cooler out on the back deck like I normally do, but I also just had a case of beer, just like sitting there. Nature's mm-hmm. cooler all weekend long. Like, you don't need a cooler; you can just take like your beer, your wine, whatever you guys are drinking, and want chilled out there. If there's some snow, you can stick it in some snow, or you can just like, you know, stick it on the dry concrete or whatever. But I love Nature's cooler, man. That shit rocks. Dude, I,
1: Jen and I talk about this every like like mid November, <laughs> right is oh our garages now are like massive walk-in refrigerator yeah so like anything that needs to be refrigerated i thaw our turkey okay in the garage i just set it okay. on the garage floor because it's like yeah it's cold enough in here that it's not going to spoil
0: right, right. You, want a, you want a quick fun story so when i was in college junior year we had a we lived we, a bunch of us lived in a house and it was just a just a shithole anyway um my my bedroom where i slept was also the the room where we put all the beer when we ran out of fridge space to keep it, <laughs> to keep it cold. Yeah, our heat didn't work, and it was Walla Walla, Washington, where it's very cold in the winter. Um, yeah, I would go to sleep with like winter coats on. That's, that's oh amazing. man, just a you know just a 19 <laughs> year old living his living living the dream. Late teens, oh. early twenties. Oh yeah, stories yeah, of band. Oh yeah, yeah, I knew exactly what was up with everything. It's great,
2: right? Yeah. No. I, yeah. Nature's cooler. I, I I love it, man. I'm, I'm going to definitely be thinking about you guys when I'm going to to grab a cold bush light on the back porch this weekend. Um, I would say probably my, my other biggest like subtlety that I love about this time is like, I love that nap, man. I will crush like probably more as a kid than an adult because like, I feel like, you know, I kind of have more responsibilities in adult. I'm kind of, uh, my search since Seth Colm will come out Thursday evening. So, you know, I'm kind of going to be up and down moving around on Thursday, but like, i can remember some naps as a kid i'd like pound as much like turkey and mashed potatoes i can and just like go lay on the couch and watch football and just be like done like i wake up and i don't even know what year it is like forget about the day like i don't even know what year it is man i love that
0: so real quick real quick piece of advice from an old old dude like me um keep that nap going as long as you possibly can <laughs> keep you
1: know i so have nap I haven't napped in easily a decade really i've I've dozed
0: off a few times and then been promptly woken up but yeah i
2: I do miss naps i'm sorry guys i the next nap (laughs) i have i will do it for you guys for sure for sure but no i I, I love family at ibt (laughs) absolutely i i love the subtlety though guys like uh uh, just this time of year you know whether it's the nap nature's cooler scott's friday morning Nate's, you know, love for college football coming back. I love this time of year. We're gonna be talking about it, you know, and a lot of our pieces coming up here in between media. Nate just had a great piece, what he's thankful for earlier today. Scott had a great Mondays column um, yesterday. He's got an episode of Pulp Fantasy coming out tomorrow. I got uh, start since Seth on Thursday, Saturday. We're gonna be graced with the uh, between the holidays, rest of year tip column. So so much content coming out, guys. We appreciate all the love, all the support over here. If you're hanging around on our YouTube channel, if you want to hit that subscribe bell, if you're on Apple Apple iTunes and want to subscribe to the podcast, that would mean so much to us. Guys, we appreciate all the support. We're so, so thankful for you guys. Scott, Nate, any final words here for our listeners? Have a happy Thanksgiving, guys.
0: Yeah, have a happy Thanksgiving. And the key is to sometimes eat in waves yeah, yeah. To allow your stomach to um, to digest a little bit. So if you're if you're gonna go to town on the food, try and try and parse it out just a little bit. Speaking from experience.
2: Yeah, yeah, love that, guys. Be safe. If you're gonna drink this weekend, drink responsibly. Call an Uber, please. Call a friend. If you guys ever need anything, you know where to find us. We're on Twitter. Um, our handles are below. You can find the show, the site, everything we have going on at in between media at ibt underscore media guys for Nate Scott and Seth this is the in between fantasy football podcast keep it in between until next time the in-between fantasy football
1: podcast
2: the so one thing that you know really sets us apart here is, is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related
0: do what you can to become a better person to become a better human